Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Woman podcast, where I reveal the power of your heart to create leadership impact and cultivate confidence for the life you want. I'm your host, Glyn Bailey, and as a corporate finance leader, executive coach, entrepreneur, and author, I know all too well the challenges that prevent female leaders from claiming their seat at the table. In this podcast, I talk all things to do with self-leadership, sharing stories, insights, and guidance on how to ultimately get out of your own way to live a life in alignment with who you are. When you begin to see the impact that you can have, no matter where you are starting on your journey, life becomes one huge adventure. I'm so excited that you are sharing your journey to Unstoppable with me. So let's dive right in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. We are talking all things to do with innovation in this episode, in keeping with the theme for the month, which is all about choosing to challenge. I have with me on this episode, my second guest, Claire Quigley. She is the founder of Launchpad 9. I'm going to read a little bit more of her bio because she is a phenomenal human. She is a strategic innovation expert who works with organizations to deliver high impact innovation strategy and execution. Claire has 20 years of innovation experience with successful high-tech startups, innovation centers of excellence, and blue-chip corporates. She's known for her illuminating insights, research-driven questions, and her purposeful communication which ultimately help her shine a light on the innovation blind spots and the potential of even the most traditional of organisations. In her spare time, Claire is also passionate about contributing to the Sustainable Development Goals, particularly reducing inequalities and improving the quality of education. She has a husband, Kevin, and a four-year-old boy, Dara, that keep her busy, along with her horse that she competes in her spare time. I can't wait to get into this episode because Claire has an absolute wealth of information around the work she does in the space of innovation, but not only innovation in the context of organisations, but when we're thinking about innovation and what does it mean for our life, how are we approaching our life with the same principles that you might want to approach an environment in work where you're looking at how to bring ideas to fruition. It's a fascinating interview and you'll get so much insight from it. So let's dive straight in. Hello, Claire. Welcome to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I've just given the audience a little bit about your bio, but would you like to share a little bit more about you? Sure. Thanks, Glenn. Um, Okay, so my name is Claire Quigley. I am originally from Kilkenny in Ireland, Southeast Ireland, and I've been living in Australia for the last 10 years. Um, so in terms of my background, um, from a professional perspective, I, um, I've always worked, I guess, in the space of innovation. So I've worked quite a lot with high-tech startups. I've worked with uh, centers of excellence in the innovation space, and I've worked with corporates as well. Um, and in 2016, um, in Australia, so I'd moved to Australia 10 years ago with my husband, and we had a little baby boy in 2016, and we moved to regional New South Wales, 
where I set up Launchpad 9. And Launchpad 9 is a innovation consultancy. And essentially what we do is we help organizations in terms of designing and executing their innovation strategy. And yeah, so we do that through a number of different um, areas, but the ones that I find are most valuable are the consultancy, education and workshop facilitation. So that's me in a very short nutshell. Being in the Upper Hunter as well, I uh, like a bit of horse riding, which is quite nice. I have a couple of little ponies and I uh, like the um, the tree change we made. It was quite, it's quite nice, yeah. That's quite the shift from Ireland right the way through to Australia and then through to regional New South Wales. Tell me about what prompted the journey from starting in your corporate world into starting your own business Launchpad 9 as a consulting firm. What's What prompted that? So for me, it was, it was probably a, a number of factors. Um, I guess the, one of the main ones was, you know, if I'm honest, over particularly the last number of years, I was feeling a sense of I was being sold to story. So, you know, you had to do the corporate world stuff. You had to live in the city. You had to um, climb the ladder and, you know, do all the networking events and all of these things. There was a certain code of conduct, I guess, in, in how you operate in the corporate world. And whereas it's, you know, it's exciting and there's lots going on and there's a lot of vibrancy. Ultimately, I knew it wasn't me. It wasn't the way I could be my best self um really so there was a sense of you know i'm starting to question is corporate land for me in in the shape of you know doing a full-time job in that space so i started to question that and then when we were fortunate enough to um have a little baby boy it gave me the opportunity to step back and look at it from a different perspective so what i did was that right i'm going to take a year's mat leave i was lucky i was able to do that and uh we said well let's give um, the upper hunter a go for a year and if we can make it work you know and obviously you're moving away from a corporate salary you're moving away from all of those that caution um, mm. that is traditionally there so we moved away from that and we said we'll give it a year give it a go and if it works fantastic and if it doesn't I can always go back um, into into that land again and we were fortunate we, we just stayed working really hard at it and um, yeah we said right there's no way we're we're going back it's it's this is us for, for good the countryside and you know we're both from farming backgrounds as well myself and my husband um, so we have I guess that kind of um, uh, more of the, the the agricultural background the, the the desire for space as well um so yeah so those you know two elements one being the the underlying kind of sense of questioning that i had mm. um which was compounded then by the opportunity to give it a go for a year um which i did and then we decided yes let's let's get set up in scone in the upper hunter and see what happens yeah that's quite a brave step also having a, a baby and then making such a massive difference yes. in your working I, career to, to start to start again. <laughs> I thinking back, I think it was a little bit insane, definitely. Uh, I remember distinctly driving to school and I hadn't even seen the house that we had rented. So we'd agreed, right, we're gonna rent a house. My husband had seen it. He unfortunately had to be with his sister at the time and she was having an operation. So he was like, Ryan, well you're gonna to need to go and get the keys to the house and move and everything had to happen within the day. And I literally it was like um 
you know, I think we had my dog and my baby who was like, what was he, four months at the time. And I had to fill the car with everything left. So, you know, when you're emptying the last of the bits of the house and you have the toaster and the kettle and the bedclothes and all those random things that you have to pack up last minute. Um, had all those in the car, I had to essentially tunnel a point of view through so I could see the baby in the back seat. Uh, oh <laughs> so goodness. much stuff. And then I remember we had our little Jack Russell on the driver's seat, but he was like the princess and the pea because he was on top of layers of pillows and things. Um, yeah, so, and I just literally arrived in Scone, didn't know anyone anything just um yeah but I was really fortunate we just started to to I guess when you're willing to try and when you're willing to get involved and you're willing to be open with people people respond to that quite well so that was a big part of it and because I've lived in London before as well for a number of years um and I've always lived away you know I went to uni at 18 so I'm used to being out and about and fending for myself and being independent um so you know I just didn't overthink it I just did it yeah it sounds like your business name Launchpad9 also correlates to your personality profile around let's launch it, let's give it a good rocket yes, <laughs> and, yes, and, see, and yes. see where this goes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about where the inspiration came for Launchpad9. Well, it's a bit of a, I guess, a funny story in that... Um, so, you know, absolutely what you're saying, Launchpad, you know, I am a person that tends to come in and I like to go, right, let's get a rocket up people's backsides and let's go, come on, um, are, we, are we doing this? Um, and that was one thing, you know, because I've worked with startups and I've worked with corporates, so I've been fortunate to see, you know, different sides of the same challenge. Um, either, you know, I've seen where startups can be great and so action orientated, it's fantastic, but sometimes they don't sit back and look at the strategy side as much as they could. And then vice versa with corporate, sometimes you can get so caught up in the the procedures and policies and, and actually overcomplicate what you're trying to achieve and why. So you lose the, the, the power of what you're trying to achieve. So that in itself what lent itself to what I want to do with Launchpad 9. It's about, you know, embracing the environment in which you're operating, but also making sure that everything you're doing has a purpose, that there's an action orientation behind it. So um, an amazing, well, one of the, the big stats that really stood out to me when I first started my business was, you know, breakthrough companies, um, they say that their reason they're successful are they, they, they commit their success to not the actual idea itself, but the extraordinary execution of the idea. So I was like, wow, yes, that's so right. You know, you can have the best ideas in the world, but if you don't have the, the spark to actually execute it, it doesn't matter. Um, so that's really where I've come from there um, in terms of, right, we've got to get the balance right. The other thing as well, the number nine, whether or not, has come about because um, I wanted to approach things from a framework perspective. Mm. So I'm a big believer in giving people tools and thinking to do the work. And then, you know, I come in and help wherever I can. And of course, you know, we, we look to align it to what your business is trying to achieve. But um, when I looked at Strategizer, which most people will be very familiar with, you know, Alex Osterwalder and the team there, um, I actually was 
fortunate enough, believe it or not, to meet Alex back in the day when he was, you know, starting out Strategizer. And um, we were in, I was worked as a 2IC in Waterford Chamber of Commerce at the time um, with my amazing boss, uh, Monica Leach, who was a great mentor and, and very good friend still. And we, um, we said, right, we want to do something different for the region and we want to get some really good speakers. And we came across Alex and what he was doing. We're like, oh, you know, let's give him a ring. You know, have, had no idea how high profile this guy was becoming <laughs> by any means. We just introduced ourselves. And he said, yeah, of course, I'll come. And, you know, we organized all of that and literally picked him up from the local airport and <laughs> drove him to Waterford. And he was amazing. Um, and we stayed in contact. And, you know, and I've watched his work throughout the years. And one thing that always struck me was he's, he gets it from all different angles he's extremely intelligent but he's also very um, empathetic to the situation that people are trying to deal with he's also quite humble in you know he'll sit and he's listen he doesn't walk into a room and announce himself basically um, and I really respected his respect of the people that he was working with um, so the number nine actually is a bit of a, my tipping the cap to him, because if you look at his business model canvas, it's nine building blocks. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I was going with my work, because nine is a great number when you look and actually, you know, I guess virtuously, uh, the framework that I've built since is actually nine core building blocks as well. So that worked out quite well. It could be a bit awkward otherwise. Um, but yeah, so that's really where Launchpad 9 came from was that element of we want to give people the tools and thinking to, to apply themselves, you know, and back it up with expertise, back it up with experience and research, um, and also, you know, chunk it down into more achievable blocks of action as well. Yeah, yeah, I and love Alex that. Is, we still stay in contact a little bit. He's very, very busy now. So, you know, he's, uh, but he's, uh, yes. But what a gem to have busy. as a, an inspiration for sure. The business model <laughs> canvas. I know I certainly use that when I left my corporate career to start looking at where I needed to position myself and how I needed to work. And it's a fabulous tool. But mm -hmm. to even have a, a clear framework like you've identified, to have the, the name linked to a meaning, one connecting to who you are as a, as a profile and as a persona, but also the recognition that you need a framework, a model to be able to help take something that's complex and make it simple and break it down for people into easier steps so that they can follow and start to implement is incredibly powerful because to your point, ideas are only really worth something if they're able to be executed with a level of grace and ease. And certainly I know my experience from my FMCG days in corporate, bringing new products to market was not an easy thing to do. And there'd be various iterations and project management and just even the set of how do we get the best ideas to the table and then choose the right one and then create the plan for them was an incredibly lengthy, time-consuming objective in itself before you even get it out to market, which is just a whole, a whole nother world of challenges. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and and that's it. And that's the thing. And that is, you know, I guess there's two challenges I'm seeing, especially at the moment, um, is that you know, how do we get the good at best ideas to the table, and how can we select the ones that are going to have the biggest impact? Um, and you, companies are now certainly becoming more customer centric, um, and trying to bring more voices to the table. Um, and that's where the framework can really help because it's almost in some ways it's like a checklist you know so i'm sure you've read it on the lines the, the checklist manifesto which is a great book and, and it 
goes back to the point that you can be working with extremely intelligent driven people but this sometimes we get caught up in going into a path of assumption based on our previous experience of what should be so that's where you see um examples of people even steve jobs has done it where you know with the segue he thought this was going to be the next big thing and he put quite a lot of investment behind it and then he was proven wrong and people thought my god if steve jobs can be wrong what the hell you know what are we all trying to achieve here but it was because he you know and he admitted it himself you know he didn't have the experience in that particular field to check himself Mm. and what he was trying to achieve Um, and that's where a framework is so powerful because it really pulls you back to reality and goes okay what are we trying to do how are we trying to do it um and yes and then making sure that we're filtering through the best ideas for the business not for the particular function or perhaps a an influential person's agenda, um, which does happen. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and believe it or not, best practice is around 5% of ideas is all that should get through. Yeah. You know, most companies, good players sit at about the 25%, but a lot of companies that um, I work with and I've seen is, you know, 50%. So you're going, right, there's 45% more energy being spent on that phase than there should be that's fascinating so yeah that's fascinating so one of the things that I wanted to talk about with having you on this podcast for this month actually and you've led into it nicely is around what are we choosing to challenge because that was the theme for International Women's Day earlier this week and also it's what the theme I've made for for the month recognizing that for the work that we're trying to do and the life we're trying to create, it does require us to lean into sometimes quite difficult challenges that are seemingly insurmountable at the outset, but you know, worth taking the opportunity to, to go after. If you were to think about the journey, and I'm gonna take you back a little bit and we can bring, bring us back to, to Launchpad 9 and the work you're doing, but take me back to a little bit more of the earlier part of your journey around how you saw that there was a need to challenge yourself to look at your life differently first and foremost from a personal perspective and then how have you taken what you've learned from your own personal journey into the work that you're doing now to really be able to then challenge the environments and the businesses and the corporates that you're working with at the moment around their innovation space. But start off with you. Ooh. Big question, <laughs> big question. So for me, you know, even if I think back, you know, to like when I was, when I was in school even, and back to being starting university and so on and trying to find my path, there was always a sense that I was to, there was more in me there was more potential. There was always a sense of not conforming to the expectations, you know. So at the time, I didn't know what that was. It was just more so a sense of, I don't want to go to the local school, go to the local university, marry the local guy, have the family locally, work in the local town. And a lot of my friends do that. And they're very happy doing that. And that's great. But I was like, you know, personally, I would have stuck pins in my eyes, you know, rather than do that, because I just felt, wow, there's so much more that we, you know, into this world, and I wanted to explore a little bit more 
And um, that was one of the first sense that I was like, okay, why am I always striving to do something different? Why, you know, and starting to question that. Um, so then when I went to university, I was down in Limerick and um, yeah, loved that. That was great. And I was opening up new opportunities and new perspectives as well. Um, in terms of challenging myself at the time, I think it really sat around challenging myself to do well in my exams um, because I actually didn't put the effort in in school. So I don't know, I'm trying to think what the equivalent is in, in Australia. Um, but you know, we've got the Leaving Cert in Ireland. I think it's your A levels here, maybe. I don't yeah. know what they're called. <laughs> the HSC. Yes, those ones. Yes, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll hear. I'm sure I'll know about it in a few years. Um, so at that time, I actually didn't commit to my studies, and I could have achieved a lot more. And I was honestly, I was just pissed with myself that I didn't give it what it deserved, and I was capable of doing better, and I didn't. But that's that was fine, you know. So I was like, okay, well, if I didn't do it there for whatever reason, let's try and achieve it in uni. And then I ended up doing quite well in university, and I went working in London, and I came back, and I ended up getting chosen by Enterprise Ireland to complete a, a scholarship um, whereby I did a master's um, by research. And that was around the idea of high potential startups entering the mainstream market. And again, you know, I was challenging myself, but probably not even knowing I was challenging myself. So it was mm. like, okay, I'm going down this path. I'm kind of interested in this. I'm just going to challenge myself to do this. Could have chosen the path of doing a master's, um, a taught master's, which was rock up to uni, sit in your class and get, get taught and then do a, a smaller thesis. But I chose being classic Claire, the harder path. Um, and, but it was great because it really forced me to have conversations with people on a different level. So I was going meeting founders of startups and they were having really honest, open, frank, raw conversations with me. And I was like, oh my God, this, this is the stuff that we need to be bringing to the fore for people. Um, and it was great. And also, I guess, it's actually at the time I didn't realize it, but I was honing my own research skills on my ability to be able to see and question, see things differently and ask better questions. So I didn't know it at the time. I was just following the energy, I suppose. Um, so then once I got through that, you know, and I was challenging myself to, to do better there, I then you know, progressed my career and worked with different high tech startups. Um, and that was, yeah, that was exciting. That was good, you know, so technology. And I was the person who used to connect i call it you know the the propeller heads you know and anyone who's listening who's a propeller head will i hope laugh but you know you basically connect those guys with the customer or with the market or with the client so you know the guys used to get so caught up on the widgets and how fancy they were and all the bells and whistles and all the cool stuff we could do and you could see the other side of the table just sort of blank gaze going i do not <laughs> understand what you're saying um and again that's i found that great fun because i was able to translate what they were saying into the customer talk and vice versa back um so that was really good and again that's actually lent itself quite well to the work i do now because you often see in r d teams r d get all excited about the latest widget but the company are going, is this going to make me money or not? Or mm. is this going to help our customer or not? Or, you know, is this where we want to be investing or not? I don't know. So that's where I can go, okay, this is the impact of a, of a situation. Um, so, yeah, so once I did that, I, I worked in London for a while, as I said. And eventually, we if, again, it's quite funny. Um, the universe, I think, was telling me. So I did meet Kevin, my husband now. Um, 
and we were you know going to go and build a house in Ireland and all of that stuff and then the good old Celtic tiger came uh, came and went and there was a little kitten left at the end of it that was great uh, <laughs> but what it meant was for us we had a choice we could stay in Ireland and try and figure it out and you know and I was working at TSSG at the time which I loved I absolutely loved that job um, so they were like one of Ireland's top ICT and innovation centers of excellence um, and I really enjoyed that but what was I guess we just felt like we were you ever just feel like you're on a hamster wheel and you're working hard and you're supposed to be going towards again this expectation of what you're supposed to be doing and in terms of family and building a house and all of this stuff and we're just both feeling this isn't for us mm. um and it was a hard decision we really had to challenge ourselves to make sure yes is this what we truly want um because you know you're leaving family you're leaving friends you're leaving your life you're leaving everything and starting from scratch and it wasn't like we were both 18 19 naive you know full of rose you know love and rose tinted glasses kind of wandering across the ocean for an adventure it was wow we've we're moving we're doing this to set up a new life so that was I guess another chapter whereby we sat down and said right are we going to accept this challenge or are we going to step back and we accepted it and it was bloody tough for the first couple of years so anyone who has moved to australia like yourself you yeah. know it's, it's hard even though people assume for some reason because we all speak english that we are the same <laughs> so many intricacies and even things like basic things like getting your tax file number and all of this mind-boggling administration was just tough to get my head around um and kevin's head around um but of course being unfortunately being the female you often end up with that life tax piece more so than, than mm. the husband <laughs> but there you go um see so, you know we accepted the challenge we said we again we tried for a year see what happens and then from there we um like kevin was working and i got a role with canon and um and that was an interesting win as well because my challenge when i came here was that nobody really knew the brands i worked with or they couldn't translate what i was doing in ireland and england to australia so people were ringing you know i was getting out in contact say with recruitment firms but they were not understanding what i was trying to or where my skills were mm. and you know they were offering me roles and interviews that were not aligned to what i was trying to to do um and i held strong for almost six months i think i arrived on yes, the 6th of january and i didn't start my job until the 3rd of may that year yeah. so that was a lot of writing resumes a lot of figuring just figuring things out and who to call i didn't know anybody um and yeah you really have to you know grit Dig your deep. teeth and get mm. stuck in and make sure you really want this um, and then I started that role and at the time as well I had actually been turned down for that role and I was just I remember just sitting there at the kitchen table going hang on like I'm perfect for this role I could not understand like I mean, if anything I was overqualified for it um, I, was, I just couldn't understand why I didn't even get called for an interview so I was sitting there and I said you know what I'm just gonna ring them so I just picked up the phone, rang the recruitment. I got asked to get put through Anna, was her name. At the, um, she was the head of um, recruitment at the time. 
and I didn't know whether she'd answer or not. Now, you know, you have that knot in your stomach, you're going to go, I want you to answer, but I don't want you to answer, <laughs> but okay. And, and she was like, oh, Anna speaking. And I was like, Anna, this is Claire. And she, and she was, I think, a bit taken aback that I just rang, you know, because there is a way corporates do things and nobody rings people like that, you know, and I think but it was great because it made me stand out. So when I was talking to her, she said, you know what, come in, come in and meet us. So I think it was two days later, I went in and um, had, you know, done my seat shopping. I was, I think I'd gone to Portman's or something, you know, trying to like fit into Australian style as well. And went in for the interview and I got the walked out with the job they offered me there and then the role. But again, if I didn't choose, I guess, to, to That's challenge phenomenal. the conventional. Yeah. Kind of, oh, we're like, thank you so much for your interest, but da 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 da. Um, um, I wouldn't have been where I am today. So I'm getting yeah. the impression that you're not someone who takes no for an answer. <laughs> and that the I like what you've described as unconventional because if you're focused on innovation, innovation sits in a place where there is uncertainty. You mm-hmm. can't be conventional and say you're strong at innovation <laughs> because yeah. by the nature of it, you're looking for a different way to do things, right? So yeah. I love what you've described there as the as the challenge to, to not only move yourself from the other side of the world, to challenge yourself to get to know a new market, a new environment, navigate the, the intricacies of setting up a new life, but also then being able to challenge yourself to articulate your value your your ability to bring something to the table that people didn't understand was even available to them and then deal with the sort of discomfort of sitting in that place of I know who I am I know my worth I know exactly what I can bring to the table and I've just got to trust that this is going to come good and I'm going to take the appropriate aligned action that's going to really support me from making making that impact yep. that is one hell of a challenge there that's amazing <laughs> yes yes it was it was good it was good yes I seem to actually have a yes I do have a trend of you know if I truly truly believe something is worth it I'll uh, my dad I think fondly maybe calls me like a, he tells me I'm like a little terrier if I get my teeth into something that's it you know, it's it's not getting away until I've, you know, decided it's getting away or not. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And then how did Canon lead to Launchpad 9? So what was the the, the challenge that you decided to accept with, with Canon moving moving through that environment into Launchpad 9? Yeah. Um, so Canon was just a fantastic journey in its own right because... As you know, as well in corporates, I think people who haven't worked in corporates, and well, I certainly had this impression before I started working with corporates was, you know, you go in and there's a certain job you do and that's it. And people are in the company for 30 years. And that's, you know, you start to think, wow, how could somebody stay in one company for that long? But when you actually are in there, you realize people hold could hold 10 different roles throughout that 30 years. So, and there's so much variety and so much potential. And there's so many, there's constant change. Even though there's no change, there's constant change, if that paradox makes any sense. Um, so when I was in Canon, I moved you know, between business development and sales into product marketing and strategy through into innovation. Um, and it was, again, a little bit of a, a journey of being brought back to where I was following my energy. So I was just naturally being 
asked to sit in sessions with leaders around how we can do things better you know and and it wasn't because that was my job it was just I became known as the person that would think differently and ask questions and wasn't afraid to ask the questions in the room it didn't necessarily which you know thinking back now god um like I I didn't care who's in the room in many ways <laughs> which was the best thing but in some ways probably wasn't the best thing for my career um because I was just it wasn't I wasn't asking you to be arrogant or a know-it-all I was asking because I genuinely cared and wanted to know the answer because I could see a blind spot that they hadn't yet seen um so I was that person who was constantly brought into projects and then I was asked to um manage innovation within the business side um and that was great um experience as well and you know as again you know within corporates you learn what to do but you also learn what not to do and you learn your lessons and I think that's again where I'm well I'm hoping and I believe I do work well with people in that nobody's perfect we can't go into this knowing everything we and you have to be comfortable and that's one thing i learned was you have to be comfortable with not knowing and that's actually okay and it's hard it's really hard because i think we're hardwired to always have a solution you know and 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 i don't even know if it's as a female as well you know we have to come in and you know put our arms around people and help them and almost to the cost of ourselves because we're empty our own cups um so what i did really was follow my energy back into the innovation space worked with um canon in that space and i was actually i didn't even realize it at the time but i was invited to go and speak at a solutions conference for canon in tokyo so it was my first time in tokyo it was quite nice um and i literally found out i think the week before i was pregnant so i was so unbelievably sick it was just mm. ridiculous and i don't actually like i had such a good pregnancy other than that but geez i was sick um and of course they brought me to like one of the top freaking sushi bars in oh, tokyo no. and i'm sitting there going can i just have some chips please oh, no. <laughs> and they were bringing out these absolutely gorgeous dishes and i was like these look amazing but i no I just can't do it um but at the time I didn't realize it until I was there and when I walked into the room to present in Canon um which is a wonderful company but every single person in that room aside from two interpreters were male Mm. every single representative from the U.S to you know um just New Zealand everywhere everywhere was 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 male and I found out afterwards I was the first female ever to present at a solutions conference for canon wow um, and i didn't even know it at the time um and i say it and it was one of those things somebody mentioned it to me and it was only afterwards i think you actually realize oh wow that was actually a pretty big deal yes. um especially when you're brought around the grants so when you go into canon's headquarters it's like a little town it's amazing it's just wow it's so impressive and you get to see their the history as well of what they've done and their R&D and their innovation and their technology um when you see the impact they as an organization have had on the world it's actually quite um pleasing I don't mm. know if that's the right word but it's it's nice to have been part of that on some yeah. level that's a bit different you yeah. know I like different um so yeah so then with Canon um eventually when i well as i think I, I mentioned at the start we decided to do tree change because i was getting itchy feet it wasn't you know i was suddenly realizing the corporate world wasn't for me 
Um, and but I still wanted to work with businesses, just not in that way. So that's when I moved to um, Scone, had Dara, all of that stuff, and then we um, I set up Launchpad Nine. Um, and it took a while to find my feet on where I actually truly added value, mm. because I think with anyone working in that sort of space, there's so many things you can do. Yeah. Um, but that's the challenge because you can do so many things, but what actually you really love doing and really add value that nobody else is doing like you. And that's what took me probably, look, in all honesty, it probably took me about a year and a half yeah. to really find my flow um, and then really start stepping into a space and owning that. Yeah. yeah. And that's really no time at all when you think about the grand scheme of your future career and, and your business life to spend 18 months to really hone your skills around who am I what am I good at what am what do I bring to the table where do I add value and I think when I listen to your story and here's sort of the journey and the steps that you've taken it makes sense to me because it the character that you that you are this full of life full of energy full of this opportunity for what could be created so the willingness to to travel down a path that others haven't traveled before or are too afraid to travel. And also the willingness to own the curiosity that you have to really question what are people doing? Why are they doing it? Where does it make the impact? And is it in alignment with the group goals, the business goals rather than an individual or or a particular Mm -hmm. function? And what you just said now around also just, you know, may may have been a good thing or not bad thing in terms of not really caring who is in the room. And I think that's a phenomenal strength because we do, and this isn't about a disrespect of hierarchy, but there is a danger that the bureaucracy within corporates keeps people in a box, not feeling like they have the safety to express an opinion, Mm to ask a question that could be a really insightful, valuable question that could be a game changing in terms of a direction that a business could take, but people feel fear to even have that voice and to be seen and heard. So Mm. when I sort of see your personality, I'd be thinking there is no bloody way Claire would ever want to be in an environment where you felt so constrained and constricted, especially when, as you've said a number of times, and I love your phraseology, that you follow your energy and it's mm. such a it's such a powerful way to look at your own journey to say actually when I'm choosing to challenge whilst the challenge that I'm willing to take on may be difficult and it's not a smooth road and it's not straightforward and easy but it's where my energy is and when you can see how your energy is built through observing what inspires you where you get most lit up where you add the most in terms of insights and, and value not only do your does your cup get full but the contribution you make to those around you is significantly more impactful and powerful as well I think mm. yeah yeah great observation thank you you're welcome <laughs> I didn't know I did all those things but yeah you do it's great and I look at that and I think so if you were to sort of hone down where where to next for Launchpad Nine and the challenge that you're taking on? What do you see is the sort of the critical area around innovation or wider, whether it be around women or, or or just business in general? What do you see the challenge that you're wanting to take on for Launchpad Nine to move yourself forward? Ooh, yes, that is that's a great a great question. And, and for me, it's probably 
there's two elements that are very important to me in terms of um of what i do and, and like i sometimes call it was a smarts and sparks so for me you know there's nothing worse i don't know if you've ever been in a room and there's like super smart people but you know there's this phrase um you know great brains to burn but no match to light it kind of thing you know mm. they're just amazing just so intelligent but they complicate things so much and put so much but um, boundaries in place that they actually can't achieve it and then you have the other extreme whereby you have people who are great um, in the sense of their confidence and what they're trying to achieve and all of this but they don't necessarily have the insights that are really necessary to move things forward so what I really want to do with Launchpad 9 you know on a number of levels but firstly is to have that education piece so actually taking the IP that I've built through my experience and through also taking on other people's IP. So there's people who are doing this. Why would I not take on board what mm. I see as the best practice out there? Pulling it together into a framework that actually is of value and can be applied and gives you a really good stepping stone approach to getting the results that you're looking for as an organization. And I work really where I love working is that mid enterprise levels, you know, kind of companies up to probably two to 50 employees yeah. um, because they're, I often find they're not served, if I'm honest, as well as startups or corporates. Because mm. startups are like, whoa, you know, we're really sexy, next industry, government want to invest in us, da 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 da. And there's all this effort thrown into the startup piece. But often the ones in the middle are forgotten in many ways because they're too large to take in the. Um, the startup methodologies because yeah. they already have customers they already have portfolios they already have traditional methodologies that they've been using but they're not at a corporate Scale. corporate level whereby yeah. these guys are just worlds within themselves so they're in between so i really want to work with those types of organizations so there's the the education piece and then there's the actual practical application so i love getting in and to organizations so for me one of the best questions that somebody can ask is like okay Claire where are our blind spots what are, what are we not doing here what are we missing why aren't we getting the results we've put all this money in or we're, we're not sure why our R&D team are constantly telling us they're behind time or over budget and I get in and I start having conversations and I just go in and like you know I'll, I'll literally go in and talk to people at reception I'll talk to people in the engineering firm or in the engineering side of the business but what I really love doing is going, okay, I've talked to all the people you've told me to talk to. Now I'm going to find all the people you've told me not to talk to. Well, not not to talk to. You just haven't, you know, you don't think that it's necessary for me to do that. And that's where you find the gold because then you suddenly see where the gaps are. Um, and bringing that back to a boardroom table just lights my fire because you can see people who've been in the business for years mm. and they've been so used to being presented with information in a certain way um and communicated with in a certain way they're standing there going wow Claire we we never knew this or we never thought of it in this way okay if we can address this will this help us kind of scenario and that's really you know and, and it, it's not you know as I often say it's not rocket science you know we are not performing brain surgery on children or anything like that um but what we are doing is trying to make a better world um, whether that's better for you know for the employees better for our customers better for us as a community and as a society if that's what we're trying to do and i can make my contribution in my own way by really what my where i stand or what i stand for is around possibility and potential 
yeah. sheer possibilities that are there for organizations that often you don't see when you're in it yeah. um, so opening that up and then the potential because sometimes we forget we actually have all this potential we just don't fulfill it because again we said right we're going to do all this great strategy stuff but we don't execute it effectively so we're leaving 40 to 50 percent of our potential on the table just simply by not having somebody to maybe hold you accountable to that as a, as a leader or as a group as well so those are probably you know the education and the application piece and then as well the regional innovation for me is a big one there's so many amazing amazing people across australia in region like you know and i live in regionally so well so i'm really fortunate to get to meet people across different groups and i'm part of a number of different um working groups like contra innovation festival and so on um and there's so much potential to tap into that more um for australia as a whole as well as regionally so i'd love to see more of that and hopefully contribute in some way to that as well yeah i think well when we look at how this last year has unfolded with covid we've seen an acceleration of innovation in so many different ways because the pandemics forced people to act and operate differently and i look at the speed at which certain organizations have been able to really harness their team skills their people to be able to make change happen really with what seems to be a level of urgency and expediting of activities and you kind of look at that and you think why is that not possible under normal conditions why does it take 10 years to do something that actually under a global pandemic under extreme pressure and and stress people can turn things around in in three months and that's not to say but you need to keep up that level of stress because that's not sustainable for an environment or, or a business for their people but it shows what is possible and where the potential actually lies and if you can help harness people's thinking around actually let's put some really solid frameworks and structure around how you harness ideas how you get them to market and how you expedite change in a way that meets your needs the customers needs and the people that are in the journey feel like they are seen heard and have have a voice and a contribution to make i think that's really powerful i think coming back to your earlier point about only being the first woman to present at a solutions conference for canon all all those years ago that's not that far long ago right and you look at the the change that we're trying to make now is is bringing more of the opportunity for you to have your voice to be seen to be heard so I, i do think even though you're not directly in the only working with with female leader space what you stand for claire for me is is super exciting because you're standing for a space in innovation that says hey i'm willing to to challenge my life differently to create a new future for myself that actually meets what i want to design for myself in terms of the way i want to live my life choosing to move to regional new south wales leaving a corporate environment but also staying connected to a business world that is moving at pace but very much bringing your own your own journey your own sort of focus areas to life in that but also then bringing that expertise that you've got around all of those dots that you've connected over the years. And I love Steve Jobs is saying that you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking back. And when you look back and you look at all of the roles that you've done, all of the the brands that you've worked on and all of those different experiences that you've had, they they have lit your path to to be innovative. And And that sort of sense of leaning into the discomfort and the uncertainty 
I, I'm a big believer that you can't guide other people any further than you've been willing to go yourself. And so to, to be able to go the distance yourself, to, to put into practice what you share and educate others on, I think is incredibly incredibly powerful and I'm really excited to see how Launchpad 9 actually continues to to really shape up Australian businesses to to do something pretty slick pretty smart in in a way that gives gives the right people the voices at the right time which I think would be really exciting absolutely thank you yes you know and I mean there's so much capability and I think sometimes organizations we tend to beat ourselves up in that, oh, you know, I'm not a Steve Jobs or I'm not this or I'm not that. And we see what we're not instead of what we are or what we can be. Um, so that's a big part of my role, I believe, is to go, okay, it doesn't matter where, you know, I, like if you were to look at your capability and maturity in terms of your ability around innovation, it doesn't matter where you're starting from, just give yourself a baseline and we improve. And yeah. as long as you genuinely have the desire to become innovative in what you do, um, yeah, we can help. You know? Yeah, um, it, it's about your attitude. You know, really back to that as well. Definitely. Oh, super exciting! I think all of that what you've shared whilst we've talked a lot about the organizational context I think I relate to that a lot in at a personal context as well as to you know what are you willing to get better at yourself where are you willing yep. to face into the uncertainty how are you willing to create a life that looks different for tomorrow than it has done in the past and how can you shape your thinking to adapt and innovate and, and create a new way forward because we certainly get ourselves locked up with the idea of what life should look like and so many of us feel like failures when uh, you know and I certainly have had this period in my my life where you, you look at your life and think oh god I feel like a failure because the plan didn't work out how it was supposed to but actually if we took a really innovative approach you know innovation approach to our own lives it's to go okay well that was just an experiment that was another data point we've got some more information yeah. here about what worked what didn't work how can I actually harness my own idea generation and thinking how can I leverage my family my friends my the people around me to really understand what what I'm going to be best able to contribute based on how they've seen me operate in different skills right and I look at the future yeah. and I think instead of making choices based on oh here's a here's a a manual of all the jobs that are available actually what we're doing is going hey like how do you solve problems what do you do and let's start putting people you know in in the space of seeing innov innovation as a way to navigate life because it certainly definitely I think from a reframe perspective changes how people would look at their own life journeys and career journeys and organizational journeys if we just made innovation part of the way we see the world you know that oh okay that that was fun to try and you know it's okay and it didn't work but I've got I've got some more information about what I do want to do or where I do want to go or actually you know there's another golden nugget that's appeared as a side consequence of 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 a scenario or a situation that may or may not have worked so I really like that and you know and I look forward to the day when you know I'm filling out a census or something that suddenly I'm, I'm always that person that's filling out the other box when they say what's your your job you know or what's your job code and you know it's like zero zero nine one whatever and yeah. you're like okay I'm not an accountant or it's like you know I'm sure you're the same now I've I'm very fortunate. I've like a long lineage of very strong women on both sides of my family, um, which I think uh, they, they found their spirit. I think their spirit is in here somewhere. Um, but 
you know, I remember distinctly like when I was younger, you know, my, my grandmother who was like my biggest fan and I was so lucky to have her in my life. And she was like, but, but what do you do? Like, how do I tell my friends? What do you do? And it was almost like, oh God, just tell them I'm a doctor or something. Like, if it makes <laughs> just, just make something. Cause you're like, okay, so I work at organizations and I do this and I do that. And you could just, you know, it's almost that generational thing as well, where they're coming mm. from that industrial you know nine to five job you know is a a, a function as yes. opposed to a purpose yes um and, a, and an exploration as you say of okay well you know where's this energy take me okay ooh, that wasn't a good move there or you know then right we need to to, to pivot pretty fast yeah um and move move a different direction um and, and you know the one thing i have learned as well is to is i've learned the hard way as well in in many ways is move fast if your gut is telling you mm, this isn't right for me don't you know because mm. i'm stubborn i'm mad i'm stubborn and that can be a strength but also it can be you know a weakness in yeah. the sense that you know you're going okay what am i learning from this and where is it taking me but sometimes i just stick my heels in and go nah it'll be fine i'll get better i'll keep at it i'll keep yeah. at it you know it's, um it's like the finance world where they where we refer to it as a sunk cost people keep sinking <laughs> sinking yes. more and more time into it because i've already spent two years being miserable not loving what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm sure I can find a way to make that two years have counted yeah. and I've spent I'm another- I'm just going to buy a Mercedes and I'll be fine then, it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely, rather than just going, you know what, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm not gonna sink any more time, energy or money into this. It's time to do something different. Yeah. I think there's so many parallels we can certainly take. Thank yeah, you so much, definitely. Claire. Yeah, you know, I like you to laugh because I initially, when I left corporate all this, like I literally ended up with, and I, you know, it's, and I love it. It's a great, I still have the car, like a 2004 Touareg, you know, and it's like, <laughs> this is a bit different. <laughs> you know, you're just like, it's not the big fancy corporate car thing going on, or, you know, and that's, I'm not saying that everybody working in a corporate is materialistic, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, it's about figuring out where you're truly getting your happiness from. Absolutely. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. Oh, really totally. It. Absolutely. So Claire, yeah. as we finish off, how do people find you? So where can people get in touch with you if they want to follow up more and learn more about the work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I would love, as you can tell, I love, I love conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, absolutely. So my handle is at launchpad9.innovation. Um, so if somebody wants to look me up that way or look me up on LinkedIn, it's Claire Quigley. Um, or launchpad9.com.au is my website. So I'd love to connect in. Um, anybody who wants to have further conversations, um, yes, it'd be fantastic. Fantastic. You might even get people asking about how to innovate their lives, <laughs> let alone their, their it's businesses. It's a new threat, but hey, yes, why not? It's great. Oh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I can't wait to see how Launchpad 9 grows and the impact that you're going to be making across Australia in, in the businesses that really need you the most. I think having a skill set like yours, it's hard to often, like you said, put it into a certain box. But I think that's why you do so well at what you do, because you're not in a box. You're, you're creating, you're creating <laughs> something completely different. And it's powerful, like you said, the education, the framework and to ultimately help help organizations get their ideas out there with success mm. is is yeah. incredibly powerful so thank you so so much for being on and i can't wait to see how your challenge unfolds 
Yes. Watch this space. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lynn. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. The path to the future you want leads from your heart. If you got value from this podcast, please leave a review and share it with another woman who you know would benefit from it too. We need more women claiming their seats at the table. Until next time, live your truth and be unstoppable.